And this morning, um, the Lord kind of led me to do something a little different. And so you'll have to bear with me here. I'm not going to be preaching very much at all. Meg, could you take me down just a hair? I feel like I'm booming and echoing and screaming at everybody. Thank you. Um, and so we're, the Lord led me to do something a little different this morning. It's going to be far less teaching and preaching and far more just taking a journey straight through his word. And, um, and so we're going to start uh, with Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. And so if you want to turn there, you can. Um, but we're going to start going through ju just, just a reminder of his word. A reminder that he has transformed us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Amen? Amen. It began long ago when darkness through its deceit captured the hearts of the sons and daughters of light. We looked for light, but we found only darkness. We searched for bright skies, but walked in gloom. We fumbled like the blind along the wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. We were destined to fall, even in the brightest days. We stumbled as if it were dark. Among the living, we were like the dead. We looked for justice, but it never came. We looked for rescue, but it was far from us. So he himself stepped in to save us with his yeah. strong arm yeah. and his justice to sustain him. He put on righteousness his armor, salvation his helmet. Yeah. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He slipped out of his royal garments, left eternity to enter time, divinity to wrap himself in humanity. The sea of glass for the ocean of separation. He left peace and for the first time felt pain. Because the very hands that held the stars were now sentenced to wear my scars. It was love that purchased this traitor's heart. It's what the prophets spoke about when they envisioned light living in men once again. For this reason, I am legend, predestined for greatness, built for the final hour. I was born for this. With weapons in hand, armor in place, I now march to the beat of a different drum. I will break through battle lines that have been drawn by discouragement and despair. What more is left to be said? Time has met its end. It's now or never. Collision with me, myself, and I. You see, my mission today is clear. To wake the dead. So let freedom's song rage. You're not abandoned. You're not alone. Last day warriors, arise from yesterday's ash and raise your fist with us. We are the army that's charging upon the land. Defeat is no longer an option. It is victory. We stand.
rise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord now rises upon you. Look, see, darkness, it covers the whole earth. A thick darkness enshrouds all of the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. <laughs> the Lord rises upon you. In His glory, it will appear to others over you. God says, I will make peace your governor, and I will make well-being your ruler. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders. From now on, you will call your walls salvation. You will call your gates praise. The sun will no more be your light by the day, nor the brightness of the moon shine upon you. Instead, the Lord will now be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. The sun will never need to set again. The moon will wane no more because the Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow and gloom have come to an end. And then I saw a new heaven. I saw a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, they passed away. There was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It was prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Husbands, remember that day when you saw your bride coming down the aisle for the first time. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people of God. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There have been many tears shed recently here in this room, but those tears are getting wiped away, counted in a jar. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain. Because the old order of things has been ended. He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'll make all things new. And then he said, Write this down. Because these words, they're trustworthy. They are true. And in fact, I didn't even see a temple in the city. Because the Lord God Almighty... And the Lamb, they are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of the Lord gives it light. The glory of the Lord Himself, the Lamb, the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On that day, its gates will never be shut again. We are living under an open heaven. Never again will those doors be shut to you. And in fact, there will be no more night there because the glory and the honor of the nations are all going to be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever, ever enter it. 
nothing impure. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects the people, will arise. There will be a time of great distress, such what has never happened, even from the beginning of the nations up until that point. But at that time of great distress, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and will lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever and ever. We get to lead people to righteousness so they will shine like the stars. Imagine the stars in the kingdom shining only because you led them to righteousness, Jesus Christ. I, I, the Lord, have called you into righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you a covenant for the people. I will make you a light for the Gentiles. I will make you a people who open the eyes that are blind. I will make you a people who free captives from prison. I will make you a people who release from the dungeons those who are sitting in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. And that's him speaking, not me. People have taken Stephen first. I can be like, see, see, he said he's God. Well, he was just quoting the scriptures. He wasn't saying he was God. Sorry, can't, can't get a preacher to stop preaching. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. See all those former things that have taken place? There are new things that I declare, says the Lord. And before they even spring into existence, I'm going to announce them to you. I will lead the blind by ways that they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them, and I will make the rough places smooth. These are all the things that I will do. I will never forsake my people. And so we respond, open for me the gates of righteousness, Lord, and I will gladly enter in. I will give thanks to you, my God. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. And I'll give thanks because you have answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone that the builders reject, you have raised it up as the cornerstone. And the Lord has done all of this. It's marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this this very day. So let us rejoice. Let us be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. We know that blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we will choose to bless others. Because the Lord is God. And he has made his light shine on us.
And so this is the verdict. This is the verdict. Light has now come into the world. But people like living in darkness. They love the darkness instead of light because our deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And they won't come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth loves the light. They come into the light so that it may be seen plainly that everything that has been done has been done in the sight of God. And so may the God be gracious to us. May the Lord bless us. Make his face shine upon us so that his ways may be known here on the earth, so that his salvation may be known among all of the nations. You see, in darkness, you lose your way. Your paths are a complete uncertainty and unknown. You lose your orientation. You lose your sense of perspective. You start bumping into things and getting frustrated and hurt and angry. You feel all alone. You have no sense of what your surroundings even are. If there's something out there to harm you or something to help you. You can't trust anything. You don't know where you are. You don't know where you're going. And you have no idea where you could possibly end up. If you, any of you have ever been out into pure, utter darkness, you understand this feeling. Fear starts to grip you. Panic starts to overwhelm you. You're ready to fight or to run. But the enemy is imaginary and unseen. There is no exit to run toward. Anxiety starts to grip you and your heart starts to race. Living in darkness is not living at all. But there's a consolation. There's a comfort of living in that type of darkness. It's that what you are to others is whatever you choose to reveal to them, whether it be true or not. They have no way of seeing the truth and discerning the truth, for they also are living in darkness. This sense of concealment and the ability to hide, it finally brings a sense of comfort and control where there otherwise was none. However, that comfort is short-lived as you become acutely aware that others living with you, that you come in contact with, are also living in that concealment of darkness. They also may not be what they claim to be or who they claim to be. Then someone comes along and they invite you into the light, something you've never experienced before. You were born into darkness, living into darkness all of your life. They share that there is only one place of true and complete freedom. Only one place where life can truly be lived to its full. And that's in the light. And they know the way to step into it. And so there you stand on the threshold of the darkness that you have always known. And this new, unknown experience of light. To those living in the light, the choice is obvious. Why even delay? 
What do you have to lose? And look at everything you have to gain. However, in the light, there is only truth. There is no lie. There is no deceit. There is no concealment. To step into the light is to leave behind the lies and the deceit that brought the only comfort and control that you have ever known. To step into that light is to bring full revelation of who we truly are. To step into the light is to surrender all control. Yes, the light of God exposes what is hidden in our lives. However, that exposure, it's not intended to shame us or to condemn us or to embarrass us. It's to set us free. It's much like God's design within our bodies to experience pain. Anyone ever experience pain? And we ask God to deliver us from pain. And deliverance doesn't come. The pain worsens, gets more severe, more intense. Nothing brings us comfort. God designed your body to experience pain. And it's not because he wants to hurt you. But that's certainly what it feels like when we're experiencing it, right? Pain is God's way of revealing that something isn't right. Something needs to be dealt with. It is a very loving act. If you've ever trapped and you came upon an animal caught in a trap that didn't belong there, like it's someone's puppy dog, and you tried to set it free, did that, enemy, did that animal just be like, oh, okay, go ahead. You can take me out of pain and misery. No, that animal blamed you for its pain and misery. It attacks you. It snarls. It growls. It wants to take the pain that it is experiencing and inflict it on you. That's what a people living in darkness does. When I lost my big toe in a mowing accident, the doctor did what he called an act of mercy and grace. He left a nerve exposed on the end of my stub, my no-toe. Left the nerve exposed there, right? Now when I stub it, I hate that exposed nerve. I hate it. I loathe it with everything I have. If you've experienced the pain of a stubbed toe, like it's one thing to experience the pain on that no-toe stub. Oh, it, it is horrendous. But he said that that was for my good and benefit, that he left it there. He intentionally rerouted a nerve there to leave it there. Because he said if no nerve ending was left there, I could stub my toe, split it entirely open, which happens pretty easily with that thin skin and that sharp of a bone, and end up even literally bleeding out before I ever realized that I was bleeding because I wouldn't be able to feel it. I wouldn't be able to sense it, right? The reason that you know you've gotten cut is because you feel it. If you've ever been, well, no, cold's not a good example of that. It stings and burns like crazy. But if you've ever gotten cut and you're like, whoa, wait a second, there's blood. Like, where's it coming from? I've experienced that before on the top of my no-toe. There are no nerve endings. I've scraped it. And I've looked behind me, and there's like this trail of blood. And then I look down, it's like, ksh, ksh, ksh. Oh! Now I understand why the doctor left the nerve there. If you don't feel it, it can get bad very quickly. God designed our bodies to experience pain, not because he wants to hurt you, but because he wants to expose an issue. And it's not because he wants to shame or condemn you or embarrass you. It's because he exposes it so that he can
can help you deal with it so that he can remove it, so that he can heal it, so that he can deliver you from it. Whatever he's exposing in your life, it is because he wants to take care of it so that you can truly live. When the light of Christ reveals sin and other weaknesses and shortcomings in our lives, it is for our own good. It may not feel good. It may not feel loving. It may not, we may not like it at the time, right? But in the end, it truly is ultimately for our good. Because after all, sin leads to death. When tempted, I'm sorry. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Does God ever tempt you? No. <laughs> Never. Never. James 1.13, when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me, because God does not tempt anyone. So does God ever tempt you? No. Never once. You know how we get tempted? Every one of us is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire, when they are enticed. Can't even blame the devil on it, can you? All that he is doing is leveraging your own evil fleshly weaknesses. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Jesus doesn't want to cover up our issues. He doesn't want to conceal them with darkness once again. Once you've stepped out into the light, God loves you so much, he doesn't want you to pull that, that cloak of darkness over any area of your life ever again. Because all that that would do is enable us to slowly and quietly die. Jesus wants us to experience an abundant life, life to its full and we can experience his full glorious light, is because Jesus loves us that he reveals our temptations, our weaknesses, our sin, all of those dead things in our lives. Because we once were a people, all of us, all of us share this in common. We were born into sin. Sin is represented by darkness. We were all born into the darkness. We lived into the darkness. We really didn't know what light was. But God, in his loving kindness, who is light, and in fact, there's no shifting shadows, there's no darkness found in him whatsoever. When he came and stepped into the darkness, into the darkness of this world, when he chose to take on the cross, to experience death, to experience the curse, to take on the full weight of our sin, he did it. So that darkness and temptation and sin and weakness could never have a hold on us ever again. Because in light, there is no darkness. There is no hidden thing. If you ever take a, a lighter or a match and you shine a, a spotlight on it, you'll see a shadow of your hand and the match or the lighter, but that flame leaves no shadow. There is no light, no darkness in light whatsoever. Anything that the light touches, it fully exposes. It fully brings to light. And for those who are comfortable living in darkness, this is an uncomfortable thing because I knew there were things in my life that were hidden, and I wanted to keep them that way. 
But when Christ and the light of Christ and the Holy Spirit comes within us, he will never give us a small portion. There's no portion of Jesus. You get all of Jesus or you get no of Jesus. There's no hiding things in your life. When you invite Christ into your life, you fully surrender your life to him. And just as he did in this example, he will reveal everything that is hidden. And it is not to condemn you and to shame you, embarrass you in front of everybody. It is so that he, if you allow him, can come in here and take that weight of your sin that would have broken you otherwise, right? It's to take that weightiness that you've been carrying around forever, that was trying to destroy you, trying to kill you, and to set you free from it. So that there is no area of shame or sin or condemnation. There is no area of darkness at all. And it is so that your life can be held up and you can say, this is who I was, but this is who I am now. And what did this jar do at all to purify itself and to make itself righteous and holy and sinless and blemishless? It did nothing except say, come on in, Jesus. Come on in. Holy Spirit, do your work. Everything I am is yours. And it's no different with us. When we invite the kingdom of light into our lives, when we say, Jesus, forgive us of all of our sin, when we say, Holy Spirit, come and baptize me, I want to be full to overflowing, is an invitation to expose everything in your life, things that you may not even know are there. But it is also an invitation for the Holy Spirit to remove the weight of all of that stuff so that you can reach your full potential, so that you can live a truly abundant life. Amen? Life to its full, life abundant. The Lord is a healer, but he can't heal you without revealing a sickness or disease. I'm never going to cry out to Jesus for healing unless I know there's something there, right? The Lord cannot restore us without taking an account of what has been stolen or lost in our lives. The Lord cannot deliver us without first exposing the chains that bind us. And so like that animal caught in the trap, when you start feeling that chain or the grips of that, that, um, that, that jaw, of the trap on your ankle. Don't hide it from him. Don't bite him and blame him. Just let him do his work to set you free and to heal and to restore and to do all those things. The Lord cannot forgive our offenses without first pointing out our sin, right? I have nothing to be forgiven of until I realize I've got some sin in my life. I've got some junk in my life that needs cleaned up. If Jesus reveals it, it's for your ultimate good. If Jesus reveals it, he wants to do a work on it. If Jesus reveals it, it is a testimony in the making. He's not going to use it to break you. He's going to use it to make you. And even though he may tear some things down from your life, even though he may prune some things in your life, it is only so that you can grow stronger and better than you were before. When a bone is broken and it sets in correctly, the doctor has to do a pretty rough thing. It has to break it again and then set it correctly so that it can grow correctly. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. 
Sometimes it is beautiful to be broken by the Lord because he wants to rebuild your life stronger and better than ever. If Jesus reveals it, his goodness is coming our way in place of it. And we find these revelations here, living in the light, that he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him alone. Because the sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of their time. But the sins of others trail behind them. And I get this picture of like a ball and chain. Some sins are hidden, but they're still dragging you down. They're still weighing you down. They're still tripping you up. And in the same way, good deeds, some are obvious, but even those that are not obvious, nothing will remain hidden forever. Nothing will remain hidden forever. The Lord knows it all. The Lord will reveal it all. But when our sin is revealed, maybe tempting to run back to that door and want to cloak yourself in darkness once again. We may want to draw a curtain or blanket of darkness over that area of our lives so that no one sees it. However, God is revealing it for our good. He wants to forgive it from our past. He wants to remove it from our presence, and he wants to replace it with good things for our future. And when those who are still living in darkness try to entice you back in to hiding when those things are revealed, refuse to settle for anything than your full potential. You are created for a greater purpose. You are created with a greater destiny. It is not to hide in darkness anymore. It is to be set free, fully healed, fully restored. It is for you to be the light of the world as Christ shines upon you. And so let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, God's wrath comes on all those who are disobedient. Don't be partners with them. You once were living in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light, because the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, all righteousness, and all truth. Find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with those old fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather, expose them. It is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that becomes illuminated becomes a light itself. And that's why it said, wake up, sleeper! Rise up from the dead! And Christ will shine on you and through you. And so be careful how to live. Don't live as unwise, but live as wise. Make the most of every opportunity in this life because the days are evil. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. Sing, make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, woe to those who go to great depths, who try to hide their plans from the Lord. Those who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us? Who's going to know? Because you turn things upside down. 
as if though the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who is forming it, you didn't make me. Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing. Walk away from that crowd that is still living in darkness. Walk deeper into the light of Christ as things are exposed. Come running to him. He wants to make you a masterpiece. He is the potter, and he has planned to transform your life into great things. Let his light shine through you and invite those who are still living in the darkness to see what the Lord has done in your life. Invite them to do the same and to allow him to do a work in their life as well. And so now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So as we proceed from this place out into the world of darkness, let the light of Christ shine brightly through your life. Let other people see you were once like them, but God did a work. You were once living in the kingdom of darkness, but God introduced you to the kingdom of light. Invite them into the light so that they can experience the goodness of God. That God does not condemn them for their sin. God has saved them from their sin. God is not holding their sin against them. God has freed and delivered and forgiven sin. So we need to come to the Lord while there is still time to be forgiven, to be set free, to be transformed, because these days are evil and the day of the Lord is drawing closer. We don't have much time. We cannot continue living in darkness. We need to turn to the kingdom of light to allow him to transform us and for us to take this kingdom with us and I wish I brought lots of other little dark jars because the more that you pour this out, the more it transforms darkness to light. This will never become diluted. This will always, for as much as you pour it into dark jars and take that dark jar that was once dark and now it's light and pour it into another jar that was dark, once dark and now it's light, you can pour it out for all eternity and this will transform all darkness into clarity. It's no different with you in the spiritual realms. If this can happen in the natural realm, how much more do you carry the kingdom of light with you? And you push back the darkness wherever you go. And whoever you lead to Christ and to his salvation, they'll do the same. And the next thing you know, it starts spreading like wildfire. This world of darkness will be transformed into a world of light. May God's presence shine through your life as a warm invitation to all those who are still living in darkness to boldly step out into the light and to be forever transformed by Jesus. And so we're going to end with a song. And as this song is playing, whether you sing it or not, I want this, actually I encourage you to sing it, to say it, to make whatever noise you can, joyful or, or unlike. Receive this blessing from the Lord that came from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. Receive this blessing of the Lord over you and your household and start proclaiming it 
over the households that are still living in the darkness of light, or in the darkness. Start proclaiming this blessing over our community, over our world, over your own family members still living in darkness. Proclaim this blessing wherever you may go, that the light of Christ would shine brightly on us and through us, transforming this entire world into his glorious lights. Amen. Amen.